Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. We are going to see miraculous healings. We are going to see people set free of, of mental illness. We're going, to see, we're going to see these things. But it's, 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 it's the work of God, and it has to stay with that. The moment pride and, and flesh, and, and we see this with almost every revival that has ever happened, it starts off so pure, and, and, and the leaders are so humble, and then somewhere along the line, then they start traveling and telling you how to get revival and read my book, and there's nothing wrong with books, write books, but it's, it's, it, it, it loses the focus on Jesus, and, and what makes this church special is the focus on Jesus. We have to fight to retain it. That's just what I was feeling as we were... As we were singing, God, revival isn't like this, like, oh my gosh, a revival. It's always God's heart for revival. We get in the way of, of stopping revival, but revival should be normal. It's, it's refreshing, renewing. I mean, that, why, why can't we have that constantly in our homes, in our church? But it's, it's, it's that flesh nature that ruins so much of uh, 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 what God wants to do. But, but anyway, we, we will carry on. Um, um, uh, with that. But uh, anyway, our main superstar was injured, and that's why I'm up here today. They called me off the reserve list, and I am, uh, I am deeply honored. Uh, one of my things that, that uh, I really always want to do is be a helpful uh, Pastor Arthur, and so I was very honored when he texted me to say, can I cover for him, because that's what I want to do. If we can keep his hands up and we can keep him and Dina encouraged and loved and fed, we all benefit from that. Amen? Amen. And, the, and the same with, with Baba and Hadley. I mean, they're pouring in and they're setting up our children all the time. Um, you know, they're talking about it at home. And I know Baba's preaching here and doing our worship and that. But at home, they, they're thinking about the kids all the time. That's huge. Can we give them a hand, please? So uh, this is great. So the topic that I'm talking about today is on healing, because when Pastor Arthur texted me that he was sick, there was nothing else to preach. <laughs> so um, to be honest, this is a topic that I, I, I mean, I, I touch on sometimes, but today we're really going to get into it. And I used to preach on healing a lot, and I stopped. And the reason why is because I just got so tired of battling religious uh, 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 people who want to fight to be sick all the time. So uh, like Paul said, uh, you know, he would talk about his Roman roots, his Jewish roots and that, and it's like, listen, I'm qualified more than any of you. Uh, I, I grew up charismatic, and I was ordained in the largest Baptist church in the U.S. So, <laughs> I can roll with whoever, and now... And now God's got me hanging out with the Catholics. So it's, uh, <laughs> so we can sit down and talk, you know. I know for every verse that I present, depending on what church you've grown up and you're going to be, yeah, but I don't think that. I'm happy to have an open discussion with anybody, a, a humble open discussion. Uh, but what's the end goal? to be right about a scripture or to see God move among, among the people, right? And so that's what we are, 
That's what we, 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 we need to think. Every time we come, don't just hold on to your theology. Hold on to the Holy Spirit who, who gave us the theology. Like if anybody knows what these scriptures means, it's the Spirit who inspired the scriptures to be written. Um, so we're going to have a good time today, but uh, this, this, uh, in this way, I've never preached this before, uh, but answering the question, uh, why does healing matter? And I, I know that seems like a bit of a dumb thing, like, yeah, we need healing. But for most churches, we've packed healing away along with other things and just left it up to if God wants to do it, he'll do it. But we don't actively talk about it, pursue it, go after it because it puts us into the weird zone. Because it's a supernatural act, right? And, and we can't package it nicely and make it predictable because uh, sometimes it can get a little messy. And so we'd rather just pack that away with the, the, the you know, the charismaniacs. Um, I, have, I have been part of so many different denominations. And you want to know something? I have seen God truly work in every single one of those denominations. Every single one. From the charismatics on this end to the Baptists on this end, I'm telling you, he is actively at work in every single one. The problem is we hold on to something and say, this is it. And God's like, I'm so much bigger than that. I'm so much bigger than your limited understanding of what you think you know. But I believe that we can have the best of all of it. Because each denomination is a piece of the elephant. And if you would step back in humility, God can show you the whole thing. Right? Okay. Very good. Here we go. Why does healing matter? Think about this for a moment. Why does it matter that, that, that we actively see the power of God healing in our lives? In America, you may say it doesn't really matter because we have medicine. But a time comes when medicine runs out, always. I think I was, I was fortunate to grow up in South Africa where so many times we had no option but God. And so then when it came to being challenged on my theology, I remember sitting with a, with a pastor and an elder and, uh, and my brother and I, and they were going to now show us that our theology on healing was wrong. And we were like, great. These guys knew at the time a hundred times more. They would quote scriptures faster than we could look scriptures up. And um, they were going to show us how wrong our theology was. But the problem was we saw this stuff. So when you've seen it and you've seen God move, it's very hard for someone to say, well, God doesn't do that. And you're like, uh, but I've seen it. Like genuinely, many, many times. You know that we never even considered that God doesn't heal. It was just an expectation that this is what God does. I had to come to America to learn of how much God doesn't do. And, 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 and it's well-meaning people, and it, it sometimes it's born out of disappointment and hurt. We're going to talk about what happens when, when God doesn't heal and, and people die and these things. We don't have to hide away from anything. But I'm also going to tell you there are some things that I don't have to give you a theological answer because I just don't know. That's why I'm so glad I'm not God. Because He, he will answer in ways that, that we just can't even fathom. But this is actually such an important topic. It's not just the benefit of healing. 
This is, this, this is such a massive part of what Jesus came to do, and I'm going to show you. Okay, Isaiah 53 verse 5, which we, we know well. But he was pierced for our rebellion. Everybody say amen. amen. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we can be whole. Come on. How many people really expect that they can be whole with all the, 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 the depressions and stress and anxieties and all the things that we face that we've just accepted that this is just how, how life is going to be? Whole? This is the, listen, if you're hoping that you're going to get to heaven when you die and you're believing in that promise, you need to believe in the whole promise. It's not just a ticket at the end of your life. It's experiencing heaven now. Oh, Brent, you're tipping over to the charismaniacs again. How about we just focus on Scripture and listen to what Scripture says and put all of that stuff aside and let us let God talk to us today. Isn't this incredible? Whole? And then he was whipped so that we can be healed. Healed what? Healed of minor diseases. Healed of everything. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Okay, so one of the things, why does healing matter? If, if this isn't our final place and we're all going to die anyway, what does healing matter? Ultimately, what difference does it make? Why, what does it make? Well, if ultimately you're going to replace the tires on your car, why pump it up if you get a flat? Because <laughs> you've still got places to go. You've still got things to do. Right? It's, it's, we have, when you wake up with a plan and a purpose, it matters if your wheels are flat or not. You've got places to go. You've got things to do. And God wants to give us that purpose. Healing matters because it was God's plan when he sent Jesus to redeem what had happened on this earth. It's not just about getting us to heaven. This is the promise that we have. I mean, honestly, I could end a sermon here and you should be really excited. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. He's taking care of body, mind, and soul. But it is received through faith. I'm also going to deal with the abuses. I've seen all the abuses. There's no abuse that you can come tell me about, well, you know, somebody made me feel bad because I didn't have enough faith. Yes, let's talk about all those things. We don't have to hide away from anything. We can talk about it all. But all I ask is that we can end on Scripture somewhere and not just on our feelings. Okay, next one. This is, this is Acts 10, 38. Now, this is living out what Isaiah prophesied. Are you ready for this? Here it is. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around, say, doing good. And healing some, sealing a few, healing those who were lucky enough, healing random people that you just don't know, all, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And I know it is so risky for me to teach this because everybody here has somebody who wasn't healed. 
But how about I just read the scripture on which our faith is based and not on just what we've seen or haven't seen. Isaiah 53 lived out. He went around healing all who were given sickness by God. Who were oppressed by the devil. Why does healing matter, church? Because people are being oppressed by the devil. Come on. I've been watching, uh, it's amazing how I end up on things on YouTube. I'll start watching a farm video and then the next minute I'm watching scam videos of, of, of you know, these calls, these scam centers. And I get so angry listening to these guys uh, scamming old people. I mean, uh, it makes me so angry because they, they say, oh, God bless you. It's your, you know, God loves you and you're like a mother to me. And yes, all you have to do is go buy these gift cards and, you know. And they're lying about everything. And it, how about we have some righteous anger for the oppression that is happening because of the devil? And saying, God, would you empower me to do something about this? I don't want to just feel helpless to be able to make a difference. David never felt helpless against Goliath when everybody else felt helpless. <coughs> David's like, God's going to smoke this guy. And that should be our attitude because it's not about what you bring to the table. You just have to come to the table. It's the power of Christ in you. And it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the faith. It's about faith in Jesus Christ. It matters. Who here knows some people that are oppressed by the devil? You can see them vexed in their mind, in their heart. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's you. We have a promise that you don't have to live like this. Yeah, but Brent, I prayed once and it didn't work. How about you pray twice? How about you keep praying and you live in faith until something happens? I wasn't healed of asthma overnight. How long, mom? Six years? Six years, my mom stood and trusted the Lord that I will indeed run and not be weary and I will walk and not faint. And every time she would tell her ladies group that the Lord is going to heal me would be the day that I would have an asthma attack and she would have to take me to hospital. No mistake. The devil wants you to back off of believing in God's word because that's the most powerful thing that you can do. My father, and I, I think I've shared this with you. We prayed for my father our whole lives. My mom would be like, pray for your dad. We're like, we don't want to pray for him. Pray for your dad. Do you know that the last thing my father ever watched before he died was a video that I'd recorded years before leading somebody through the steps to salvation in believing in Jesus Christ. The last thing he ever did on his computer. What if we had given up? You hear what I'm saying? Okay. What's my role? This is the big one. I want you to know that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. This is very important. Before we even get into this, because somebody somewhere has told you that person died because of your lack of faith or because you didn't have faith in that. And this is what Scripture says, but there's a way to, to take it, to lean on to God, and there's a way to be offended and be hurt by this and, and take this, oh, it's because of my lack of faith. Can we just read what Scripture says and then say, Lord, help my unbelief? That's the most 
That's the most freeing, humble thing that you can pray. Lord, I don't know how to do this. I feel inadequate. I don't know why this didn't happen. I'm confused. I'm hurt. I bring this all to you. Instead of being bitter against you, I come to you and say, Lord, would you build me stronger and open my heart and mind to understand? But what I can tell you in all my experience through churches throughout my life, those who trust the Lord and step out in faith will see things far more than those who are too scared to do anything. That's it. Doesn't mean they have a hundred percent. 100% success rate, but they, they just happen to see far more when you try. You know how many people you'll see healed if you don't pray for anybody? Guaranteed. Zero. I was talking to somebody about sales because sales isn't something I like to do. I said, Brent, sales is easy. They've already given you a no if you don't ask. You, you get that? It's already a no. It's always a no if you don't try. They're already sick. You're already sick. So what, what do you have to lose? If it doesn't work, they're no worse off than they were. But if they do get healed, praise the Lord. But it's not just about easing people's comfort it's, it's what Jesus intended for us to do, to set people free who are being oppressed by the devil. Have you looked at the stats of, of medication in America in the last few years? I mean, it's, 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 it's taken a curve that is absolutely crazy. Do you know that all that medication comes with a side effect? God says in, in, in Proverbs that he adds wealth without sorrow. There's a way to get rich that comes with sorrow. There's also a way to get well that comes with sorrow. Now, I'm not against medication and all of those things, but wherever we are putting our faith and our dependence, if it's not in God, it, it's going to have a limited effect in our lives. We have seen people healed of stage four cancer. We have seen growths disappear. We have seen people who were not in their right mind be completely restored. My, my niece is a walking miracle. She's missing one half of her brain, and you would never know that if you met her. The, 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 uh, the specialist said, if I did not see you standing in front of me, I would say that this is medically impossible. She's a miracle. My brother is missing bones in his foot, and yet he's able to run. And I mean, we just grew up with this stuff, but, it, but healing's not the end goal. The end goal is seeing Jesus at work setting people free who were oppressed by the devil. And he's done such a good job at, at pitting us against each other using theology so that we are fighting each other rather than seeing his healing power and love and compassion go out among people. Healing matters. And it's something that should be actively pursued but with, with the compassion of God at the end of the day. Not because now, look at all these people I can heal. I can heal nobody. I put my faith in Him and He heals so that we can celebrate when He does heal and I'm not condemned when healing doesn't happen because I'm not the healer. Last week we had such an incredible service. It was so, uh, 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 what, what Baba preached and, and, and praying for people in this church. It, it, I've been thinking about it all week. 
We prayed for, for, for real, real things. And I've been, every person that I prayed for, I've been thinking about you and praying for you all week. We had, we had a, a whole array of things going on in our church. We are going to see great testimonies come out of this church. It's, it's, it's so important. Uh, when, when, when Moses went before Pharaoh and, and God, you know, told him to put the stick and it turned into a snake and they did the same. The, the, the magicians put a stick and they turned into snakes too. Eventually, Moses' snake ate their snakes. We are not competing on the same level as the world. We have something so real and so powerful and people are desperate. People are desperate for, to, to, to be set free, as desperate as they were in the times of Jesus, where, where they were bringing Please heal my son, heal my daughter, heal, do something because they've tried everything else and not found uh, 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 results. Healing is a gift as much for the body and the mind as what salvation is for the soul. They both came with what Jesus did. Don't discount that because we live in a first world country where we can go to the ER and all of these things. There are plenty of people that this is their path to salvation. When they experience the love and, and, and the healing power of Jesus, they will, they will turn to him as we see so many times. You with me? You understand the importance of what I'm trying to communicate? This can't just be a side thing that we, that we don't do. It has to be something that we are trusting the Lord for. And when he puts somebody in our path, even if you're nervous, you say, Lord, it's by your power and I'm trusting you. And, and you're in an Uber driver, you're in an Uber and, and, the, and the driver's telling you about something. You say, do you mind if I pray for you? You may never get to hear the results, but I, I, can, I can guarantee you this. If you try and you say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to follow you in obedience, people's lives will be changed. Do we still care about that? Okay, listen to this. Four men arrived. This is, what's my role? Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. And so they went home and said, oh, well, we tried. <laughs> I couldn't get a seat at the front. So we left. And the deacon was rude to me. <laughs> so they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the man on his mat down in front of Jesus, seeing their what? Seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are forgiven. He was paralyzed because of what? Sin in the world. Remember, sickness was never a blessing. God never looked down from heaven and said, oh, my servant, look what a great job you're doing. Be paralyzed. That's how much I love you. God does such a good job at working through sickness and working all of these things that we attribute it to him. That's like seeing the police at every accident and saying, I knew it. The police calls all the accidents. <laughs> or the EMS, you know. They cause the accidents just so that they can make people well. No. God is just really good at what he does of restoration. So, 
He, he says, your sons are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus immediately knew what they were thinking. And so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. And then he tells the man to pick up his mat and walk. It was sin that was keeping him bound. Not his sin, him sinning. He wasn't sneaking off to Las Vegas on the weekend, this guy. <laughs> the sin in the world had corrupted God's creation, and Jesus came to restore that. Let me ask you, is it harder to heal a paralyzed man or, you know, somebody with a, a, a heart murmur? Which is harder for God? Which one makes God go, oh, neither? It's all the same. It's all the same. It's us that go, oh my gosh, this is a big one. <gasps> this is a, I don't know if you can do this one. He forgives him his sins. Why do I read the scripture? Because I want you to realize that sin is causing the pain in people's lives. And he came to forgive people of their sins. And there he picked up his mat and he walked home. And then he got halfway and he realized he had no shoes. The Bible doesn't say that. Okay, next one. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered, this, this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this twice, this story. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, and so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body uh, that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And the disciples said to him, uh, hello? Look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched you? Like, Jesus, come on. But he, he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell uh, to her knees in front of him and told him what, had, uh, what she had done. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. This is not to condemn anybody. Okay, we are all learning, we are all growing. But if we would rest in God instead of being offended, we will see much greater things in our life. He has completely different stories, but the same thing. Both of them pressed in to see uh, because they needed something from Jesus. One came through the roof, one pushed through the crowd, and both of them, it was because they had done something. What if the friends had gone home that day? Can somebody tell me? If they carried in the luck, ah, oh, we'll try next week. I can guarantee you what would have happened. That man wasn't getting off the mat. What if that woman didn't press through the crowd that day to touch the robe of Jesus? We can very safely assume that she was not getting healed that day. There is our part to play. But we have entered into a stage in America and maybe the rest of the world where nobody wants to have responsibility for anything. It's not my fault. I was born like that. That's, that's where we've got to. You can't blame me for that. You can't. Uh, uh, it was because of my parents. It was because of this. We don't want to take responsibility that my actions have consequences. 
Who's with me? My actions do have consequences. If you want to do a little experiment with me, for one week, wake up early every morning, read your Bible and pray and tell me that your, that your life is not different to if you don't wake up and read your Bible and pray. Just something that simple. I will bet you $1,000. Who wants to take the challenge with me? <laughs> Everyone, yes! If you get up and you take your part. Now, now, whose power is it at the end of the day? I can live in a house that has running water and end up dying of dehydration. If what? If I don't turn the tap on. Now, it's not my water. I'm not producing the water. I'm not doing any of those things. But I have a responsibility to take the action to release that. And that is the kingdom of God through faith. When I lay hands on the sick and they recover, that's me turning the tap on. But that water is coming from heaven. I woke up at 4.30 this morning to, uh, to go over the sermon. And guess what I was feeling? Anyone want to guess? Sick. And I was feeling sick. And I was like, you hilarious. <laughs> Not today, Satan. I mean, it was just funny. It's just like, come on, is that the best you got? Make me feel sick when I'm preaching on healing? It's not going to work. And he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's why we, we stand around one another. Because we all have low days. We all have down days. We all need to hear things. There are so many times that Baba and, 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 and Pastor Arthur are, are preaching things that I need to hear. And I'm, I'm gobbling, gobbling it up like the cookie monster. The kingdom of God is at hand. But what are we doing with it? Can I talk about COVID? I always joke about it, but I actually want to hit it seriously right now. Please, and please forgive me. I don't have all the politics together and all of that stuff, and I don't even understand most of the craziness that's going on. But I will tell you this. If you think that we've seen the last of it, we haven't. It's coming again. How we respond to it, I hope we do a much better job. And I hope that in, in, in our church, where we have influence, that we will not let the fear enter our hearts. Because if it's not COVID, then it's Movid, and, and, and then it's going to be a Povid. It's going to be something. There's always going to be something going on. And I'm not talking about vaccine or not vaccine. I'm talking about the fear that rose up in people's hearts because we don't believe that healing comes as part of the promise. John G. Lake, uh, 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 you can read about him, one of the old school missionaries, used to go into places where there was crazy diseases and not get sick. And they tested this bacteria on him, putting it on his skin, and it would just die. Who was killing that bacteria? And you're like, no, I don't think that's true. You don't have to take my word for it. Why don't you try it with God? Say, God, I want to believe. I want to see you do those things. Then do it for yourself, and then nobody has to convince you. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel. You get to see it for yourself. You can be the, the woman with the issue of blood. You can be the paralyzed man. You call up your friends. You're like, hey, guys, what are you doing this weekend? We need to dig a hole. How, how important it is to surround yourself with people who will have faith even when you can't move. 
What a blessing. When you can't move, they will have faith on your behalf and be praying for you. Put the right people around yourself. Next one. What is sickness stealing from you or those around you? If you don't think sickness steals from you, let me give you a very easy example. Who here has ever had uh, the jacuzzi tummy? And that's uh, when you're somewhere inappropriate and somebody flips a switch and your stomach goes, and you're like. It's usually never in a convenient place. One of my biggest fears is that happens to me while I'm preaching. And it did. My mom and I went to India and we were preaching all over and, and obviously I didn't pray over my, my meal properly, but it got me. It got me bad. And, I, I, and we would have many uh, praise breaks during my sermon. Praise team, come back up again. <laughs> Think about that moment when that's happened. You're like, Brent, that's disgusting. No, I just, I want to make a point. If you've ever been hit with Jacuzzi Tommy or the street name, the Nipsey Hustle, Can I tell you what you're not thinking about doing in that moment? Sharing the gospel. You're not thinking to pray for anybody. You're not thinking of how you can be a blessing. You're not thinking of anything other than, where's the toilet? That's the most science. I just proved it was science. That is what we are being robbed of. Now play that out in, in many instances of life when people are being uh, uh, taken by Satan in their bodies, in their minds, in their hearts. They are a fraction of what they can be on this earth. And yes, we all have examples of people that we can point to despite their sickness that they have done something. But why take this example when we can look to Scripture and see that it came to make us whole? Yes? I don't want to be robbed by Satan in what my life can be in the short time that I have because I didn't hold on to the full promise of what God has. My mom is an amazing example of this. Healthy, fit. I mean, she's, she's traveling the world. She's doing all of these things. And I'm not sure I've ever seen my mom take medication. And once again, I'm not against medication at all. Take medication, take it with faith that God will use it to set you free. My mom is healthy like an ox. And all she's ever taken is the gospel. Right? And cheese and chocolate. My mom told us one day she's a vegetarian. And we're like, oh, wow. And then I was making steak and I invited her over. And she said, yes, I'll be right over. What, are, what is being robbed from the people around you? Because the more you have to focus on what's going wrong with you, the less you are able to focus on anybody else. And let me prove this to you. Okay? Are you ready? Um, Luke 4.38. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's house, where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everybody begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. 
You know what she wasn't doing before that? Preparing a meal. I've watched this happen in our house. If my wife is sick, there's dumpster fires going on all over. The kids lose their minds. It's complete anarchy. And I'm like, Lord, just heal her. I want a sandwich. But there's the proof. She was not able to serve in her second condition. The moment she was healed, she got up and she made them a sandwich. And it was good. And that's what happens in our life. And you know what? It's the mental sickness now in America that's doing more damage than even anything else. Because when we are stressed and we are anxious, you know what we are not? is thinking about others. How can I be a blessing? How can I love others? Lord, what do you want me to do today? We are so consumed with ourselves. Lord, set me free. And don't feel guilty. Don't feel condemned. I, I, I really pray that we can be a church. And last week, Sunday, it felt like we are heading that direction when people came down and just said, here it is. And if you've got testimonies, start sharing them because it will encourage others to keep trusting the Lord. And I want to go back to uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood, Mark 5, 25. A woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, she had suffered a great deal from the sickness. What does it say? From the doctors. She had suffered from the doctors and she had spent all she had trying to cure herself. What are you being robbed when you're having to pump all this money in and all this time in and all that when God will heal you for free? And there's no bill coming. Oh, you prayed with the left hand. Sorry, that's $50,000. <laughs> Brady's like, I know that feeling. <laughs> we should be the people that can give a gift that nobody else can give because we serve a God that, that no other God can compare to. Doesn't the Bible say that, that when we go into somebody's house, we bring the peace of God in, we pray for the sick, we heal them. I'm coming over for Sunday lunch, and we're going to see God do a miracle. And you don't have to be a weirdo about it. Just be you and smile and, and, and ask the Lord. My cousin just came to visit us from Australia, and we had the best time. I haven't seen him in, in how long, Mom? 12 years uh, I don't know how long it's been, 10 years. And um, anyway, just calm down, that lady in the red. But <laughs> we were just having a good time. We were laughing. We were talking politics and the state of the country and, you know, all these things and whatever, whatever, whatever. And then the one day, the, the Spirit of the Lord comes on him and he starts to prophesy. And, I mean, it was incredible out of nowhere. And I mean, he left us with such a gift. And, and, you know, I've posted before about this is the list of people I trust when it comes to prophecy. But I do believe in prophecy. I just don't believe in the weirdos who try to make a big show of it. But it is such a powerful tool when God does it genuinely. And you should trust the Lord for that, for a genuine thing to give people. 
We have to be a supernatural church because if we are just a natural church, then we are just a group of people gathering together no better than a biker gang that sings. And maybe biker gangs sing, I don't know. But we can't, be, we can't be so scared of the, of the spiritual side because it, it, it's going to get messy that we just want to camp here and just be so just about the mind and elevating our knowledge because knowledge that doesn't pour out into something real is a waste of time. Who here genuinely wants to be used by the Lord in this capacity? Please raise your hand. Church, keep, keep your hands up if you don't mind. This is a, there's enough people in this room who want to be used by God to, to turn this world upside down just in this church. Twelve disciples, and look what they did. But, but thank you very much. But it's, 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 it's a thing of humility. We're not starting our Instagram page, look at me healing posting videos of, look at this, I did it with the left hand, I did it with the right, did it with my knee. What I love about Pastor Arthur and Bubba is these are, these are humble men. I am so honored to be around humble men. These guys have, have knowledge that will blow your ears off. They can tell you all sorts of stuff. They, they are great men of God. Yet they don't pose as great men of God. They pose to show you a great God. And that is who we should be. Then we don't get into fights. We don't get into arguments because we, 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 we banging our chests on who's this and my theology and I know this and I studied that. Who cares? Are we seeing God move in people's lives, yes or no? And if the answer is no, then we're on our knees saying, Lord, please help my unbelief. Yes? When we were learning how to hatch chickens, there was one chicken that, that, that on, e, on Google it says never open the shell because there's no point. Uh, that means the chicken's weak and whatever. But my wife and I, we couldn't. This guy wasn't going to make it. And so we opened the shell with the tweezers and I was up all night praying for this chicken. Genuine. You should, if, if I showed you a picture of what this chicken looked like, you'd be like, no, that guy's, he wasn't even formed properly. He looked like soup. <laughs> but I just, I, I was praying for this chicken. And he made it. He made it. But if we can't pray for chickens, we're not going to pray for people. I prayed for God to raise a goldfish from the dead once. He did not come back, but I prayed. <laughs> I remember reading a story once about uh, these, these uh, it was in, in an African country um, where they saw a man raised from the dead. And here's the key of the story. They said, and on the 14th hour of prayer, he woke up. How many hours were they going to pray? Who would like to take a guess? Until it happened. We're scared to have faith like that. On the 14th hour, I don't think I've prayed 14 hours for anything. How desperately do we want to see God move? And it's not about holding God ransom, but the woman with the issue of blood and the friends, 
there was no no coming. Now, God can take out Isaiah and he can move it into the right place, but it's never wasted your faith. It's never wasted. I shared with you about my grandmother who died of cancer, and in her last words, she said, God, you are my healer. Something happened. But that didn't discourage us from praying for other people with cancer. Well, my grandmother died, so therefore, I want to deal with that today if we can. Then we're going to close with this. But what if it doesn't work? Can we talk about that? Listen to this. About that time, uh, Acts 12 verse 1, about that time, King Herod Agrippa uh, began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Let me ask you this. Do you think they prayed for James? Of course they did. When James was arrested, they prayed. You know that they prayed for him. And then he was killed. Then Peter gets arrested. And the church said, oh, well, we prayed for James and that did nothing. No, they were back at it, praying. Our job is to have faith in God and to trust his word. Our job is not to critique God and what he's doing. And, well, you missed that one. Good job. They were right back at it with heavy hearts. You think they were sad that James was beheaded? With broken hearts, they were back together gathering to pray for Peter. And then we see the most incredible thing, the first automatic gate in history. <laughs> Prison doors opening, gates opening. That's where the idea came from. They should have patented it back then. We have to get over ourselves. And, and you can bring your hurt to God. Don't think you have to bury it. Bring it to him, but, but give it to him with humility to say, I don't understand this, Lord, but I'm leaving it with you and I want to keep moving forward. Instead of setting up a shop and saying, okay, I'm not moving forward because this happened. I prayed for protection and, and my family member died. No, no, you keep praying because I guarantee you, the more you pray and the more you trust God, the more you will see him at work. Or don't pray and you won't see him at work. It's that simple. And, and the rest we'll find out when we get to heaven, or he might reveal it here on earth. But it doesn't matter. I'm putting my trust in him. And I'm going to close with this. Mark eleven twenty two. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. And I say to you today, Velocity Church, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Say with me the truth. Why is he saying, I tell you the truth? Isn't everything Jesus said the truth? He's making a point because what he's about to say is going to be a little hard to believe. Guys, come in closer. I'm telling you something so important right here. You need to believe me. This is what Jesus is saying and, and what I'm saying. You can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. And this is where Satan wants to bring condemnation in and just rill you up. Oh, but I had a doubt and I had a this. No, no, no. This is a relationship. Put your arm in the arm of your Savior and be honest and say, Lord, I'm struggling. 
Let me tell you a crazy thing that happened. I, I have been having really bad hip pain. And uh, all sorts of crazy thoughts come in my mind. Who has that? You're like, oh gosh, they're going to have to cut my leg off and they're going to have to. That's, that's the enemy. My wife, and we've been praying, and, and my wife had a, a clinic in Houston and, and the people where she had the clinic said, you got to move your stuff out. You know, you can't be here anymore. And, and I didn't take offense where, where I could have taken offense because uh, for, for a lot of reasons. But so she brings this machine home to the ranch that she's been using out there. And I start to use this machine. And guess what? My pain went away. Now, who do I attribute that to? The machine or to God? I say, God, you are amazing. You organized this whole thing to get this machine here so that you could do something. God can use anything. And I praise Him for that. That's how much God cares. When you doubt that God wants to do something, you think about my hip. If God cares about my hip, He cares about you. And if He cares about that chicken, and we've prayed over pigs. And if you want to practice praying, come to the farm. I'll give you animals to pray over. Have faith in God. And if you believe that this mountain will be picked up and you do not doubt, it will happen. Brent, that's crazy. That can't be. We have so dumbed down the kingdom of God. We have so dumbed down His power to what we can achieve on our own because we can control that. I want to remind you today that we serve a mighty, miracle-working God. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. I'm reading you the words of Jesus. Now you have a choice. Like the Pharisee or like the person who received the healing. The Pharisee is like, ah, oh, let's kill that guy. That's nonsense. That's too much. He's taking it out of context or whatever. Believe whatever you want. This is pretty plain. You have to really try hard to take these words of Jesus and to turn it into something that it's not. But then it carries on. And, and, and you've heard me preach on this several times because this is where Satan robs us, church. But when you are praying, you must forgive anyone that you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I think if there is the biggest sickness in the church today is unforgiveness. And we talk about this often because we have had things in our hearts for so long that we've just almost accepted that that's part of it. I speak to people that I haven't spoken to in 10 years that still have an issue of something that happened 10 years ago. How dare we talk about the love of Jesus and the forgiveness of Christ and we're holding things against things that people did 10 years ago. Could this be why we don't see the power of God moving in our life because we are holding unforgiveness and bitterness and grudges in our lives? How about against the politicians in this country? You're bitter against them? Maybe you need to let that go and pray for them instead. Not my president. It better be your president because God told you to pray for your leaders. Doesn't mean you have to agree with what they're doing, but you can pray for them that God would move in their hearts. Yes. Our 
gospel needs to become real in our lives and then it will become real in our world. You with me? Church, only you can do this. Only you can deal with the stuff in your heart and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me. Is there anybody that you can walk past in the street that if you saw them, you'll be like, you're on the other side of the road. Those are the people you need to pray for. And some, some of you may have endured awful, awful, awful things. One day I'll get my wife to share with you about some of the stuff that, that she went through. And yet she's free. I just found this in my, in my closet. I don't think I've worn it in years. What a perfect shirt to wear. I was going to wear how to pick up chicks, but I wore this instead. <laughs> you with me? Okay. Let's stand. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But church, first we're going to go off to the, the, the second part of this verse. And it's just between you and the Lord. And if you want to do it with a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, a friend, that's fine. As Baba taught, confess your sins one to another. This, I'm, I'm battling with this. I hate this person so much. I don't want to hate them anymore. You've got to let it go so that the power of God can start to move through you and in you. We, we cannot. We cannot have offense. We cannot have bitterness. We cannot have grudges. It's just, there's no, there's no excuse for us. I don't, I know that the situation was real, but your future is more real in Jesus of what He can do, how He can turn that around if you let it go. Put your hands, and, and remember, you don't have to do anything. You're your own person. But if you want, put your hands in a, in a sign of surrender. And truly surrender today. Just there in your own words. There's no special words. There's just faith in God. Lord, set me free. I release my right to hold a grudge, to hold things against people. I don't want it anymore. Let them out of the cage in my heart that I have them. hard as it is, Lord, I pray that they would find your mercy and your grace. How about this one? Lord, I forgive myself. I let that go. The stupid things that I've done, the things I've done to harm myself and others. Please, I receive your forgiveness today and I'm not going to carry that forward anymore. We don't do this the way the world does it. The world cancels and holds grudges forever. We forgive and we move forward and we bless. The terrible things that people have said to you, they didn't know what they were doing. That's what Jesus said. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're doing. I forgive them people who try to harm you, steal from you, take from you. They don't know what they were doing. 
There's only one enemy and that's Satan. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you move mightily today. And we will see Mark 11, 23 come to play in our church. We will see mountains move. We will ask great things of God and He will answer because we will refuse to hold things against other people. We will not. And we will believe for the impossible with humility and faith. And we will see it. Because the same Jesus who's promised us everything else has promised us this. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.